The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Please join with me in a word of prayer. Good and gracious God, thank you for this day, for this awesome opportunity for us once again to hear your word, to be reminded how you connect us to yourself, and how you bless us to be able to bear fruit in the words we speak, the actions we show, so that other people might know of your amazing love for them and ways for them to receive that spiritual nourishment that can only be received by being connected to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Have you ever noticed how many people talk about the importance of being connected to people today? How important it is to develop relationships with others as well. In fact, there are people who love to draw diagrams like this, showing us how we can network, how we can be connected to people in a variety of different ways. Being connected, networking, having relationships with people actually is something that God's people and other people have done for centuries millennia of years. In fact, you can go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. God created a beautiful relationship, a beautiful network with himself, with Adam and Eve. It was amazing. It was wonderful. Until the devil tried to destroy that network and changed it from being that perfect relationship, that perfect network, to one that dysfunctioned and continues to dysfunction as the devil and the world and our sinful flesh continue to try to attack us. Now, more recently, because of the internet, there are people who want to help us to become connected with other people in a variety of different ways, developing new and innovative ways. And these are only six of the different ways that people can be connected on the internet, on your phones, whatever the case may be, your computers. How many of these do you know? How many of these are you actually using to connect yourself to other people? If you don't know what they are, let me just start up on the upper left-hand corner. You have YouTube. In the middle, it's Twitter. On the right, it's Instagram. Lower left, it's LinkedIn. In the middle, it's Snapchat. And on the lower right, it's Facebook. I have four of these to help me to be connected. And this year, in my confirmation class, I saw how our confirmands, eight of them, going to six different schools, are connected better than I think any confirmation class I've ever had. And one of the ways that they are connected is through Snapchat, the one down on the lower, the one with the yellow border that kind of looks like a ghost. That's one of the ones I don't have, but boy, did they teach me about Snapchat. I still do not have it. I still do not use it. I don't want to, but I'm glad that they can and that they do overall. <laughs> and I want to give you an illustration of how they use Snapchat that helped me. Well, and them too, in a way. We normally meet confirmation class up in the youth room. And the particular day, we were going to be meeting down in the fellowship hall on the lower level. So I asked one of the girls if she would just wait for the youth that 
will be coming in. Make sure that they know that we're going to be meeting downstairs rather than upstairs over by the west door. And she said, well, they already know. I said, well, how do they already know? She said, I, I chatted that to them in Snapchat. I'm going, oh, well, cool. So that was one of the ways that they do it. And they have what's called a closed group, if I'm understanding. Somebody, you know, could, uh, John's affirming. Thank you, John. Okay, well, they have this closed group, so nobody else can get in there unless somehow they invite one another and or invite others, and I don't understand that whole concept. But I do know that one of them likes to leave and then sometimes comes back in. So he likes to be connected, and then sometimes he doesn't want to be connected. And what they can also do is they take pictures. They take pictures, and they instantly share those with other people, and then they're supposed to disappear in a short period of time. In class, one of them took a picture of me teaching. And then the other one of the other youth showed me the picture that this one had taken. It was quite interesting, let me say. It was a fun class. It still is a great group of young people. I pray that they will still be able to be connected. The point I want to make is that they are connected to each other. And they have a relationship with each other here at South Shore Trinity. And I pray that that will continue because most of all, they are connected to Jesus. And that's important for us to hear today. It's important for us to have a connection with Jesus. In our gospel reading for today, we heard Jesus say, I am the vine and you are the branches. He says, I am the vine. My father is the gardener or our translation says the vine dresser. The bottom line is God the father is the one who takes care of the vine. He's the one who was the creator and Jesus was there in the beginning as well. God wants us to stay connected. He wants us to know that we can receive spiritual nourishment through Jesus, through the vine. But there's another thing that can happen. Either we're going to receive nourishment from Jesus or we're going to be cut off from the vine. You see, Jesus is pretty specific in here. There's only one vine, and there's only two kinds of branches. Those that are bearing fruit will indeed produce grapes. Those that are not producing fruit will be cut off, thrown away, and ultimately burned. The gardener needs to make a decision what he's going to do with the branches based on what he sees and how they have produced or not produced fruit. He will cut off the branches that do not bear the fruit, or he will prune the branches that do. Now, it's interesting to know that the Greek word for pruning is actually kathairo. It's a word that in our English is translated as cathartic. So as you think about being cathartic or having some things done that are cathartic, it actually means to remove unwanted stuff, like un removing the unwanted wood or part of the branch so that a better growth will take place the next year. So God is there to prune us, to give us this catharsis. To remove from us some of that stuff that isn't good in our lives. You know what I mean, right? Part of the reason why we take 
time in our services is to confess our sins. Part of the reason for us to come is to be cathartic, to remove, to cleanse us. As we say to God, I'm sorry and help me not to do those same sins again. God cares about us and he cares about our relationships with other people. And he wants them to be as clean and perfect as we can. Did you notice that Jesus said in verse 3, already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. When you think about being clean, don't you think about baptism? How God speaks his word to us, how he washes us, how he cleanses us. And today, when our young people are going to confirm the faith of their baptism, they're going to remember that baptism when they were washed, when they were cleansed, when God claimed them to be his sons and daughters and promised that he would be with them always to the end of the age. But we don't want to stop there. We want to remember what Jesus said right after that. He said, remain in me or abide in me and I will remain in you. I will abide. I will live in you. It's a promise. It's not conditional. It's a promise. When you remain in me, when you grow, I will continue to provide. I will continue to bless you. But the devil doesn't want us to remain. The devil doesn't want us to be connected. The devil doesn't want us to receive that nourishment that only God can give to us. That's why John wrote in his first lesson that we heard in our epistle reading today about the Antichrist. These people who come into the world who are like the devil and want to try to lead people astray. There's all sorts of people today that are trying to lead people astray, including us as Christians. And not only are there the Antichrist, but we've got the devil who seeks to lead us astray. We've got the world and all of the blessings that we are given in this world that try to draw us away from receiving the nourishment. And we have our own sinful nature that says we don't need it but God loves us God has cleansed us God promises to be with us and help us soon our young people are going to stand up here they're going to confirm the faith of their baptism believing what their parents believed when they confirmed their faith they're going to promise to remain faithful, to grow in that faith, to share that faith, to live that faith. And even at the threat of death, they will say they will remain faithful. Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever remains in me bears fruit in plenty. If you remain, you will bear fruit. But I can tell you that in the number of years that I've been a pastor, I have seen, I have heard many young people stand here and confess that faith. It's a great time. It's a wonderful time. But my heart also aches as I think about the number of young people who no longer confess that faith 
who have not stayed connected to Jesus, who have walked away. And it pains me because I don't know where they're at in their relationship with Jesus. I'm thankful our God does. And I am thankful that the Spirit of God continues to work, continues to call, as he may be calling some of you who have walked away and no longer received that nourishment or haven't received it. To know that Jesus wants you to be connected. He wants you to receive that nourishment. He wants you to grow. You see, think of the things that Jesus has given us to help us to be connected, to grow in our relationship with him, that we may indeed share that with others. Remember your baptism. We are reminded to remember that we were baptized daily to drown that sinful nature that wants to rear its ugly head, to listen to the temptations, to listen to the devil and everything else like that. But Jesus not only drowned our sins on the cross, not only did he pay for them totally, but he rose from the dead on Easter because he did. We rise every day as we know we are loved, as we know we are forgiven, as we know we have this promise of an eternal life. It is there for us. It's not a one-time event. And we've got the Bible, the Word of God. We hear it today. We can open it up daily so that we know and we hear from God what He wants us to hear as we apply it to our lives. We can memorize it. We can use it as a tool because God wants us to remember that He is the one who is there to give us the tools as we fight off the devil. One of the last classes I taught our confirmation class was to go through Ephesians chapter 6 as we talked about the spiritual battles and we talked about the armor of God that he has given to us. That's why our closing hymn today is going to be stand up, stand up for Jesus. It's going to be a reminder to us of all of the tools, the weapons that God has given to us that we need to help stay connected to Jesus, to receive that nourishment that we might be able to live and share that love with other people. How blessed we are with the power of prayer. It's an act of dependency as we trust in our God. And then, of course, our God comes to give us spiritual nourishment. So often as we gather together in this place to eat and to drink in the bread and in the wine, his body, his blood that was given and shed for us for the forgiveness of our sins. Our God wants us to stay connected. He's given us tools to stay connected that we might receive spiritual nourishment. And being nourished, being refreshed, we are then able to go and live and love and share Jesus with others, especially with those who are yet to hear, yet to believe, yet to be connected to Jesus. May God make it so. Amen.